Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. What's up, guys? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 24 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here in Saigon, Vietnam with Ben Hebert. What's up, buddy? Yo, 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 what's going on? Travel Like a Boss podcast. <laughs> nice. So Ben uh, is with Natural Stacks, and he has a really, really cool story. Uh, I like big success uh, making, was it 100K in sales now from just a few months ago? The big success story that we're kind of touting right now is... Uh, from our launch in October until December 31st, we did over $102,000 in sales uh, with no marketing budget. That's awesome, man. And you're, I saw you on the uh, Bulletproof uh, Executive, uh, Dave Aspie's Pushing a Product. Uh, so for those who don't know, um, Natural Stacks is a nootropic. We, we started originally as a nootropics company. It was our way to enter the supplement market. And I'm sure we'll discuss this later on during the podcast, but we're looking to cause some serious disruption and change what everyone thinks about the industry. Okay, I like it. And Dave Asprey is an awesome guy. I follow the Blueproof Diet, so uh, that's awesome that you got on his, on his stuff. Um, and for those who don't know, Tim Ferriss recommended uh, the stack as well. Um, it's basically a, a brain booster. I mean, like, what, what, what would the layman term for it be? Siltep is a natural nootropic that induces what's called long-term potentiation in the brain. And this is uh, the mechanism that pretty much underlies memory and learning. So theoretically, uh, with artichoke extract and forscolin, we're able to naturally do that. Okay. And a lot, I know a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, a lot of people that are studying or doing you know, just work, they've been taking this non-natural thing called modafinil. And... That stuff is hardcore. It's made for epilepsy. Uh, but people take it because they can bang out work. You can do like 14 hours of work straight. You can study. You can bang on a test. Uh, and I've heard that this natural version works basically like modafinil. The uh, modafinil is dangerous because the mechanisms of action behind it aren't understood. Uh, pretty much no one really knows how it works, but it does work. So it's become pretty popular within entrepreneur circles, with media types, uh, CEOs and the such, but introducing a natural product that has similar effects has been, uh, has been very good for everyone. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm all about the natural, natural everything, natural stack, natural food, natural you know, life. Um, but you know what, before we get into all that, I'm mostly curious about just kind of the lifestyle, building the business, how you got to where you are today. Uh, where were you a year year ago from, from now? Well, from today. A year ago. Let's see. I definitely was not in Saigon, Vietnam. But, but to take my story back a little further, I started out uh, my entrepreneurial journey as an intern with giftcardrescue.com. This is about 2009. I was the first employee there, and it was literally me and uh, my mentor now, Kwame Kwadi, in this miniature Harry Potter-style office, just grinding every single day. And from there, uh, we were able to grow the business uh, significantly, and that's kind of 
where this whole thing started, where my whole journey and uh, business education began. Wait, what, what's a Harry Potter style office? So if you've never read Harry Potter, he uh, has to live at home with his, uh, I guess, aunt and uncle, and they put him in a closet that's really small. You know, speaking of closets, um, so we were sitting in my room here in Saigon, and I just disappeared into my closet for a minute. <laughs> what was going through your mind when you heard that? <laughs> well, well, Johnny has this boss closet that <laughs> looks like it's a window, but really it's like a secret lair that enters the bathroom or something like that. It's really cool. It's dope, man. So um, if you guys want to see my apartment out here, it's I just put a blog post on. It's on johnnyfd.com, and it's called my $250 a month apartment in Saigon. Uh, how long have you been out here? I have been out here for a little over three weeks now. And what do you think of Vietnam so far? Vietnam has been uh, incredible, really. The culture here, the people, and I'd say the quality of life that you're able to live, especially on a low budget, is phenomenal. I was on a call with my mom the other day, and I said that I'm living like a king and paying like a peasant. And it's pretty much true, because you can eat whatever, do whatever, see whatever, drink whatever, and just live yeah. and not pay a lot. You know what's crazy is, uh, I just talked to my mom the other day, and she was asking me, you know, how's life, how's my business going? I was like, yeah, it's going good. And she's like, you know, she's like, I, I know it's hard when you're starting out the new business, because she knows I just got into it about a year ago. She's like, you know, do you have enough money for food? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, you know, if, if you ever need money for anything, you know, you can always, you can always ask me, you can always borrow money. And I was like, mom, I'm doing good. And she's like, okay, well, you know, I just want to, you know, I just want to make sure you're all right. And I'm like, man, my mom has no idea what's going on. First, she doesn't even know I'm in Vietnam. Uh, so what's up, mom, if you, uh, if you hear this, uh, she, she has no idea where in the world I am. I, she probably assumes I'm in Thailand still, um, but it just never came up. And first thing I want to do is I'm going to buy her a new stove just because she's uh, <laughs> You know, I figure, you know, what's something nice I can, I can do for my parents, right? Now that I'm actually making money, I'm a bit successful. You know, I want to, oh, you know, it's the Asian roots, want to take care of her parents. And I know she needs a new stove, so I'm going to buy her that. And hopefully she'll, you know, she'll be like, okay, you know what? He's probably doing pretty well if he can buy me a new stove. But I was really just tempted to send her a, like, I was actually going to call Chase and ask them to start sending me paper statements again, just so she can open them and be like, oh, wow, you know, he's actually doing well. I think whenever you take this kind of journey and this path for older generations and other people unfamiliar, it's always going to be questioned over and over. Are you doing the right thing? Are you making the right decisions? Are you saving money? And because they're not living it, it's uh, sometimes difficult for them to see. But uh, I'm sure your mom got her full support. Yeah, I mean, it was hard because I used to work for a company called Honeywell. It's a big American company. And she used to be just really proud, you know, telling her, her friends, you know, oh, you know, yeah, my son, he went to university and graduated with honors and he works this great job at a big American company. Um, and, you know, he has a 401k and insurance. But she didn't realize that even though I was making, I was making, I think it was 48000 a year right out of college, you know, which is pretty good. Uh, and if I had the, you know, I had a 10 year plan there, I could get promotions, become like a middle manager, you know, eventually make maybe, you know, 80K or 100K even. That's like the, the dream goal. Uh, and work for, you know, 40 years, retired in 65. That was, you know, that was her plan. And I mean, first off, there's no more, there's no such thing as job stability anymore. I really think that the only job stability is knowing that you never need another job. Well, we could go on for hours and hours about this topic. My you know, just between us two, my feeling on that is the jobs aren't coming back. If you don't have a highly developed skill set and I'm not, am I able to say, hey, Johnny, what are you good at? 
and you're not able just to rattle off things that your your skills where you're just an absolute boss at, you're screwed. And you better get started on something, learning and training and doing it every single day. Well, now, I mean, we're the ones hiring people. Like, like you know, right now, I mean, you guys are getting ready to. I mean, you guys started shipping. You guys have. I mean, even though you guys are using what fulfillment house, those are jobs that you're you're paying people to ship it out. Um, we are using fulfillment house, but uh, if you want to go to naturalstacks.com, click on jobs at the bottom. We are hiring an e-commerce intern, customer support champion, and then one more position as well. That's dope, dude. I, you know what's funny is um, I probably every other week I post a job, uh, you know, job opening on my blog. Uh, if you guys aren't friends with me on Facebook yet, it's Johnny FDK, I believe. Um, and I know back home, you know, there's no jobs. I mean, there's people who have been looking for jobs for months uh, and they can't find anything. And like literally every other week, I, I meet someone that, that says, hey, do you know anyone uh, I can hire for? And these are good jobs at growing companies that if you get in now, um, as you guys grow and get bigger and bigger, I mean, they'll be part of the team and they can grow within the team. I think part of the problem with jobs right now is that so many more people have gone to college, have graduated, and the talent pool is so much bigger. There's less jobs available, so employers can be highly selective about who they pick. You know, when we're hiring, I'm looking at everything that they've done, not so much as grades or school or things, but I'm looking for someone who's taken initiative, who's launching projects of their own, and probably failed a few times because we want to hire more entrepreneurs because those are the only types of people that are going to fit into our company. You know, what's crazy about the, the college degree is they just opened the very first McDonald's in Vietnam. And this is 2014. And they just, they, you know, it, they finally opened their first one because of um, just regulations, but they're hiring and it's a, supposedly a really good job for, for a local Vietnamese person. Uh, I think they only pay like $150 a month or something really low. Maybe, you know, maybe it's two or 300, but something very, very low. But the requirement is everybody needs to have a college degree to work even behind the, the cash register. Yeah, it's insane. And let me say, I went to the McDonald's on a cheat day. <laughs> yeah. And it was like a red carpet VIP experience. Like, seriously, it was insane. And it, it's kind of like a f cultural phenomenon, McDonald's coming here. Uh, there's all the other, you know, there's Starbucks, KFC. But, you know, the McDonald's and the Arches coming to town, it was, it was a huge, big deal for the city. Yeah, that is so insane. But, I mean, I... I I see why. I mean, you know, they, it's glamorized on TV and all that stuff. So people are like, oh, finally, there's a, there's a McDonald's in my country. I, I got to go to it. But luckily, you know, growing up in the U.S., we realize, hey, that stuff's not important. You know, who, who cares? Let's eat this amazing local Vietnamese food, the pho, the... Um, just, we had uh, Korean barbecue the other night, yep. and it was out of this world. It was good. Uh, you know, I've had Korean barbecue in Korea. I've had Korean barbecue in, in you know, K-Town in L.A., San Francisco, you know, New York. And this was, was up there. It was like one, it was one of the best. And what I really liked about it is the number of side dishes they brought out. Like, oh, it was incredible. I couldn't even count. I mean, our whole, we had a huge table and we didn't have enough room because there's too many side dishes. Yeah, they said that uh, we ate enough side dishes uh, for, I think, five tables or something like yeah. that. But, you know, it, so food out of Vietnam is good. Uh, I've been able, able to continue eating a paleo as well, this... Uh, Bulletproof style paleo. So shout out to, to Dave for bringing me uh, on that. And 
I like it. I, I like it here. I, I didn't like it my first night in Vietnam, but the more I'm here, the more I'm like, you know what? This is a legit city. Uh, definitely gonna be, you know, one of my places. Um, you know, I think Chiang Mai is still my home, but Vietnam will be my mistress. <laughs> that's a that's a good way to put it. I think coming into any new city or any new environment, of course, you're gonna have certain expectations. Um, and I will say that that Saigon will kind of break them all. You know, what you think is here uh, isn't here. Anything, you know, you might think it's not that modern, but this is a modern, efficient city. And you can live an incredible lifestyle at a, at a very good price, which is perfect if you're bootstrapping your startup or trying to, you know, just figure it out. Yeah, and the entrepreneur scene out here is intense, man. Like, how, like I think there's 60 entrepreneurs just within our circle of friends. And, you know, that's not everyone. I mean, I'm sure we don't know everybody out here. Uh, but, like, that, you know, the other night we had at somebody's house, we had, I don't know, probably 40, 50 people just hanging out uh, during Bulletproof um, coffee breakfast every Wednesday out here. I mean, we don't even have that in the U.S. Like, they should, but I've never even heard of that. It's really exciting, the networking opportunities that are here. Uh, there's a couple of co-working spaces that are going up and giving a presentation there March 5th and it's just something I was able to get in there and just make happen you know things are progressing forward really quickly and it's uh, really exciting yeah I'm excited for your presentation uh, what are you gonna be talking about just kind of like a really brief synopsis of it I think what I'm going to uh, be going over is I'm gonna channel my inner Gary Vaynerchuk and really talk about the principles of business that I think are most important and then also discuss really the fundamentals of marketing and what's working right now. Uh, there's too much um, focus on things like conversion rate optimization and SEO and I need to move this button here, make this button green instead of yellow. But those things are great, but you need to scale your business. You need to find the right distribution channels. And when you find what works, you need to put all your resources in it and go. That's dope. Man, I'm looking at your thread right now that you posted, uh, and it's a quote from Mark Cuban. There are no shortcuts. You have to work hard and try to put yourself in a position where if luck strikes, you can see the opportunity and take advantage of it. I would also say it's hard not to fool yourself. Everyone tells you how they're going to be special, but few do the work to get there. Do the work, Mark Cuban. I actually have this printed and framed uh, at the office at my house. It is the best quote you can ever have because you have to do the work. No one's going to do it for you. And the biggest problem with being an entrepreneur is that often you know what has to get done, but I'm reading The War of Art right now and he talks about the resistance. So the resistance is going to fight you and prevent you from doing it. You're going to procrastinate, whatever. But the biggest thing is do the work, do the work, do the work, and you will see progress. Yeah. You know what? You don't even have to be the best at it as long as you're actually doing something. Uh, I think the reason why most people fail is they either don't get started at all. Um, and on your blog, which is benhebert.com, uh, you write a lot about you know comfort is 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 killer. I mean, you have to, you know you have to just do action, and I like that a lot. Um, I actually just decided randomly to to write another book. Uh, so the, my first one is called Twelve Weeks in Thailand, and it's about me living as cheaply as possible in Thailand um, <laughs> on a $600 a month budget. And I wrote that exactly a year ago. I think it was actually launched like January 2013, which is exactly a year ago. And I was basically, you know, preaching, live as cheap as possible. Don't worry about money. <laughs> you know, 600 bucks, 
That's all you need. And a year later, man, my life is completely different. Now I'm like, all right, I want to be, I want to be rich. I want to build a business. I, you know, I want to start living like a baller. I want to start, you know, creating like a million dollar companies. And it's, I think it, what it was is I was too comfortable back then a year ago and it just kind of got me lazy. And now, you know, I'm like, you know what, let me, let me just, let me just do it. Let me commit to it. So I think on one day I decided on the book, the book title, uh, and I was surprised that the URL was available. I think it's lifechangesquick.com. And I just started plugging away. So started writing. I made the, made the website, made the Facebook, uh, made the cover. And I just, you know, I think I've only written one sentence of the actual book. But now that it's, I'm starting to do it, I have to do it now. Like, you know, now that, you know, I've said I'm going to do it. And I've gotten, you know, I basically got off my butt. Instead of having it be an idea, I started, you know, even typing one sentence. Now I know how to get done. So, but, you know, when you when you read the Four Hour Body and uh, Tim Ferriss is talking about you know this artificial natural stack, a lot of people, you know, I'm sure so many people read that same book. I mean, millions of people read that book. Why didn't they, you know, say, you know, hey, this this is a good idea. Why doesn't anyone make this? Well, I, I think that there was there's been significant discussion about Siltep since uh, for for a couple of years now. 2011, it really started picking up. And no one, not even the creator, had thought about putting all of the ingredients into one single stack. Um, so my partner, Roy Krebs, who's, uh, I like to credit him as the mastermind genius behind the operation, came to me with the idea um, and we moved on it and we moved on it quickly. Um, so I think that going back to that Cuban quote is that you have to be ready for when luck strikes. And when you see an opportunity, you have to seize it and move fast. And all my prior experience and Roy's as well really put us in the unique position that we were able to get the product out quickly, efficiently, and do the right kind of marketing to get Siltep and Natural Stacks in front of the right audience. Yeah, because now that you guys are the first for Siltep, anyone that you know even tries to come in, they're going to be trying to copy you. And you're going to be the original, you're going to be the best, you're going to be the first. And you know, you're already in... Uh, on, you know, on Dave Asprey's site, you're, you're going to be in some GNCs. I don't know if we're supposed to talk about that. Uh, but, you know, you're basically have your foot in the door because you worked on it and you've gone in fast. I like that. That's exactly it. And I think it's an also a compliment to our branding as well. And just how professional we were able to kind of put everything together. A lot of people, especially in the supplement industry, uh, we see some shady kind of knockoff type things. And the original premium formulas that we were able to push out got an incredible response from the market. And it looks good, too. Uh, I mean, if you guys want to see a photo of it, you guys can go to either naturalstacks.com or just go to the, uh, the show notes. I'm going to link everything that we're talking about to it. It's travellikeabosspodcast.com, episode 24. And uh, what, do you, what do you think about me, me linking this coupon right here to them as well? I think that we're going to create... A unique coupon. It's going to be uh, travel like a boss. You can save fifteen percent off um, all orders on naturalstacks.com. We'll run that thing until the end of March. Nice, buddy. All right, so I'll put that up. Uh, if you guys don't remember the coupon code, just go to the, the show notes, and there'll be links to it. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of people have actually been wanting to to try this, especially people that he, who have either done modafinil and you know, want a natural alternative to it or people that have been, you know, wanting to try it but are afraid to try, um, you know, the pharmaceutical version. And this is kind of an easy alternative to it. 
It's a simple alternative, and even uh, for the college listeners out there that are taking Adderall and things like that to study, um, for me personally, I, I always had a very adverse reaction to Adderall. It wouldn't put me in a state where I could actually focus, whereas with Siltep, we kind of call it optimal mental performance because you don't feel that excitedness, there's no jitteriness, but your mind is just clear and you're able to think. So it's really perfect whether you're doing analytical or creative work. Um, it, it's equally effective, and, and that's the feedback that we've gotten. And, and the response for the product overall has been really overwhelmingly positive. That's dope, man. Uh, you know, but before you guys, you know, just think, okay, I can just take this pill, everything's good. Uh, I would also work on all the natural things that go along with it. You get your diet in order, sleep well, you know, eat and exercise, because you know, even though the pill will help, and but if you can do all of that, if you can, you know, if you can basically get those four pillars down, man, your life would be so much better. I mean, even without taking these, without taking anything, uh, my mind is so much more clear than it used to be. I mean, probably the only drug I take now is caffeine. I drink a lot of this Vietnamese coffee out here because it is so good, man. <laughs> I didn't, yes. I didn't realize how good Vietnamese coffee was. Uh, it's like this. It's so silky. It's. Uh, all right, so for anyone who hasn't had it, it comes in this little metal, like, French-style drip. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure the French brought it here when they colonized way back. They brought baguettes. They brought uh, pâté. They brought, they brought a bunch of great stuff. I think that's why Vietnamese food is so good is because they took the French influence and then they kind of made it their own. So this coffee, it's the silkiest coffee I've ever had. Uh, it's strong. It is, like, really, really strong. It'll put uh, you on your butt. Yeah. And I drink <laughs> cups and cups of that a day. <laughs> but, there, I mean, all the food here is amazing. Uh, I haven't I mean, I actually had the Vietnamese sandwich yet because I'm not eating bread. But before I leave, I'll have it once. Because I have a rule. I mean, uh, if I'm going to go to, you know, if I'm going to go somewhere that has something that's very special uh, for that country, I have to try it at least once. Like, if I go to Belgium, I'm going to have a Belgian beer. If I go to Italy, I'll probably have, I'll have some pasta or some pizza or something. And if I'm in Vietnam, I'm going to have to have uh, at least once, which is the Vietnamese uh, noodle soup. And I'm going to have to have a Vietnamese sandwich that they call banh mi at least once as well. Just try it. Because, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, my, my goal is to lean up, get that six-pack by the summer, uh, you know, be healthy, not have gluten. But at the same time, I'm traveling to all these cool places. And part of that is the experience of trying the local food and enjoying yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, food is one of the most amazing and unique parts of culture. When you uh, are able to travel as much as you are and anyone else listening, you know, it, it's something that you can do to instantly connect with the people and kind of have a sense of, you know, where they're coming from, the different types of flavors, the style it's prepared in. And uh, Vietnamese food here is fantastic. And there's so many different options to choose from. It's, it's really great. Yeah. Uh, like right before this, we were at a cafe called... I can't pronounce it. Lucine. Lucine. It's a French coffee shop slash restaurant. And man, the food is so good. Shout out to Lucine. I love <laughs> you guys. You guys are my office here in Saigon. Yeah. I, you know what? <laughs> what I like about the, the cafes and the restaurants in Saigon, uh, Saigon is Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, by the way. And nobody kicks you out. Nobody says, you know, limit one hour per coffee or, you know, there's none of that. They kind of almost expect you to hang out all day and just kind of order drinks and food whenever you feel like it. The Wi-Fi is so fast out here and the food is amazing. Uh, for lunch day, I had lamb shanks cooked in, you know, I think it was uh, pumpkin and 
some, I don't know, some, and some kind of tomato sauce. And it was, this, you know, like a French braised lamb shank. And it was incredible. Uh, it was, you know, it was... It was like six or seven dollars. Yeah, oh, you had the same thing. Yeah, it was good, right? <laughs> I I saw Johnny's and I was like, <laughs> I have to get that now. <laughs> yeah, and for Vietnam, that's actually expensive because you can get a Vietnamese sandwich for seventy cents or something. Yeah, if that, you're probably paying fifty cents for a bun mi on the street. Sometimes yeah. uh, the same price for a good good bowl of pho. But at the same time, this lamb shank at a French restaurant in the U.S. would have been twenty five bucks, thirty bucks, and here you're getting it for seven dollars. And it's the same quality. I mean, it tastes exactly the same as if I had one in New York. Uh, yeah, the meat fell right off. It was fantastic. And like you mentioned earlier, uh, you can just sit there and work. And they kind of expect you to do that. I was in the UK before I came over here. And even at a couple of the, the coffee shops in the different areas there, I felt rushed. I felt like, you know, they're just like staring at me like, who is this guy? And why is he dancing with headphones on? <laughs> But, um, you know, here you, you don't find that at all. Yeah, I'm going to put up some photos of all the coffee shops that we work out of uh, while we're out here. Uh, every day we basically just go to a different cafe. Uh, another one I like is called M2C. M2C is nice as well. Very modern decor. Uh, I don't like the lack of sunlight, but the inside makes up for it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, but it's really cool architecture inside. Uh, same thing. Super friendly. Super good food. Uh for right after the gym, I had this Vietnamese beef stew. Man, if you, oh, I had oh, that there. Yeah. Man, it is incredible. If, it, if, if you've never had Vietnamese beef stew, it normally comes with baguette on the side, or yeah, I think you can get it with rice noodles. I just got it on its own with uh, some fried eggs on the side because it was, it was technically my breakfast. And they cook this beef, they braise it for like hours in this kind of like a, like it's a really thin uh, sauce with carrots that are like, really soft, which I like. Cause they, and Vietnamese beef stew just tastes different than American beef stew. It's not as thick. Uh, it's not as gravy-ish. But it is so flavorful, man. It is incredible. Yeah. I had that with the fresh coconut as well. Uh, the coconuts out here are good. They're, they're a little bit different than the ones in Thailand. First, they cut it different, which is weird. They do. They cut it almost like a... Um, I don't know. Almost like a champagne glass. The, the coconuts <laughs> here are interesting. And uh, if you walk through the touristy district... You will definitely get hustled to buy one or two or maybe five. And you know, and the the only thing I didn't like about Saigon the first day was it felt like everybody was trying to rip me off. And everybody actually goes through that. I mean, everyone is actually trying to rip you off. But <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, once you figure out what things should cost and you figure out, you know, what the insane money is actually worth, because first off, all the money looks the same. And they all have like six zeros behind it. So it's so difficult to figure out, you know, is this a hundred thousand dong note or is this a million dong note? Was this a, you know, a hundred thousand, you know, like a thousand dong note. And they all kind of look the same and they're worth, you know, obviously they're worth vastly different prices. And it's it's so hard to confuse it in your head. Uh, But once you kind of get the hang of it and you know what things are supposed to cost, you get used to people trying to rip you off and you just give them what you, what you know it costs. So for example, the coconut, I know now it costs, is it 20, yeah, 20,000 dong. So I just give that to them. And sometimes the lady would be like, no, 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 50,000. And I'll be like, nope, 20,000. And she's like, no, no, you know, 40,000. And I'll, I'll just give her back the coconut and take back my money. And she'll just be like, okay, okay, 20,000. <laughs> um, and it's the same thing with like a, a motorbike taxi. Um, you know, I think it ranges between twenty thousand and you know 
$30,000. But I just always give them $30,000 because it's only $1.50. And you can, they'll take you anywhere. But if you don't know what it costs, I mean, they'll, they'll charge you whatever they can. They will. So definitely just be settled on how much you're going to pay and just leave it at that. Yeah. So it's almost like a Saigon tax where the first couple of days you're going to overpay by a lot and get ripped off <laughs> on everything. And the longer you hear, the more you realize, okay, um, I know what the prices are. And it, it is quite a bit cheaper than it is back home. I would say it's pretty, it's pretty similar to Thailand uh, prices. Um, Food-wise, transportation out here is, is really cheap. Especially the cabs, you can. I like how they're metered. Uh, be the cabs meters are tricky though because sometimes there's extra zeros, sometimes there's less zeros. So you have to know what it should cost and just kind of give them that. But it's convenient. You can basically get anywhere in the entire city for less than five dollars. I live uh, towards the outskirts of what they call District One, and for me to get downtown. Three bucks, four bucks. Yeah. So District One, if you guys have seen Hunger Games, this is where all the entrepreneurs hang out. <laughs> this is the capital. <laughs> the capital. <laughs> and then D or District Two, they probably is uh, the bread production. <laughs> District yeah. Three is like the textiles or something. A lot of movie references in this podcast. Yeah, I like it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so far Saigon, dope place. So what were you doing in the UK before this? Well. Um... I actually had uh, some frequent flyer miles that were expiring and I booked the ticket and I think August of last year and completely forgot about it until I got an email saying uh, your upcoming <laughs> flight itinerary. I called my buddy and uh, went over there and then from the UK I just decided to come to Saigon. I heard about it uh, from everyone talking about how vivid the entrepreneurial scene is and being from uh, outside of Baltimore, Maryland, it was extremely cold. It was snowing, the snow wasn't going anywhere, and for me, being in that kind of environment, the cold just like kills all my energy and I just like can't think. Like, it just depletes me. You know, so even though I'm sure it was easier doing business back in the US when you're on the same time zone, just that environment, it probably makes you more productive out here. A, a million times over, I have no problem waking up at whatever time at night to take a phone call. Uh, it's only it's a 12 hour difference so it's really not a problem and when you can wake up every day it's like 90 degrees sunny beautiful out you can go to the pool if you want for five bucks you can work out hit the sauna get some food and literally just live this like ultra premium lifestyle for nothing and it, it just puts you in the perfect environment to work rather than you know anywhere else so for those who haven't been to Saigon, if you guys have been to New York to Manhattan, it's a very similar city. It's you know it's big, lots of sky rises, uh, lots of you know big nice hotels, tons of restaurants, tons of cafes. You can walk everywhere, lots of shopping, and I mean it really does remind me of a Manhattan, but for a tenth of the price. A tenth of the price. Uh, not everything's up to uh, Manhattan's class, but. Like we keep saying, you know, just how you're able to live, the things you're able to do, the freedom you're able to have is, uh, it's fantastic. Well, I mean, they, ha they actually have a lot of the same stuff. I mean, they have, you know, really top-end restaurants here, uh, top-end shopping. I mean, every day when we walk to Le Cuisine, we pass by a Frisashi store, a Louis Vuitton store, and I actually look at it and I joke uh, to whoever I'm with saying, oh, you want to go in there and, and buy, buy a stupid shirt? And if I lived in New York, I'd be tempted to go in and buy myself a, you know, 
like an LV uh, belt or shoes or something. Just I don't, I don't know. I don't even know why. Like it, I think back in the U.S., I feel like I have to spend money on stupid stuff. While out here, nobody cares. Uh, number one, I mean, we're, every day we're just in flip flops and shorts and a t-shirt. And second, you realize for the cost of that, you know, that that belt or that shirt, you can fly anywhere in the world and just basically just have fun for a month. And, and I'd rather do that. I th- I think once you kind of start down this path, especially for the lifestyle entrepreneurs out there, the concepts of money, the concepts of freedom, the concepts of time, they're very, uh, they're almost the inverse of what you find back in the States, where even if you don't want to get caught up in it, you get caught up. You get caught up in getting a car, a nicer place. You get caught up in having, you know, nice stuff in your apartment, your surround sound, your Blu-ray DVD player, whatever it might be. And the thing is, is that each time you upgrade, each time you add something else, it really doesn't add any happiness. Mm. You know, I think the biggest thing when I left, I was like, you know, I don't miss any of that crap. I mean, granted, sometimes the luxury, all of that is really nice. But, you know, now I'm out here working. I have my backpack. I have my MacBook. I have a nice pair of shoes and flip-flops and <laughs> a few shirts I like, it, and I'm perfect. Well, there are some things I really do like. I like having my MacBook Air. I would, I would never go back to having a PC, even though it's a half the price or a third of the price. No PCs. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I like having... You know, re- you know, really comfortable shoes and sandals. Like I pay eighty dollars for my sandals, and they look like just any you know any other pair. But they're made by Luna, and they're uh, they're called barefoot sandals, and they're awesome because they're actually good for your feet. You can run in them. You, you know, it's just little things like that. Um, and it's not because you know they're trendy. It's just because yeah. they work well. So I don't care if they're hundred bucks. I'm gonna buy them. Yeah, the maximum utility you're gonna get from those items is huge. You know. A lot of people have this discussion, should I buy a MacBook, should I buy a PC, whatever. The PC is way cheaper, but you know your Mac, that's how you make money. You yeah, know? that's true. You want that thing to last. I just bought the, uh, the new Retina, uh, and the thing's amazing. You like it, yeah? I mean, absolutely amazing. I would, yeah, there's, there's no chance I'd ever work on a PC again. You know, I don't even know what the new MacBook Air is going to be like in 2014, but I've already decided I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I think what I'm gonna do is because Macs keep the retail value so so well. Whenever the new MacBook Air comes out, I'm just gonna sell this one uh, and then you know pay the pay the three hundred dollar difference and buy the new one. And I might do the same with the new iPhone when it comes out too. I'm assuming the iPhone six is gonna have a bigger screen. That's kind of the only thing that's holding me back from getting a five. And it's it's one of those things where I wouldn't buy this stuff if it wasn't making me money. If I had a normal job where it didn't, you know, I only use my phone socially or to to check email or you know to check Facebook, I I wouldn't buy. I wouldn't spend eight hundred bucks to buy you know the new phone. I wouldn't spend fifteen hundred bucks to buy the new Air. But because this is our business, this is our tools. Uh, you know, I'm like, you know what? If it saves three minutes of stress off my day, you're not having to wait for something to boot up or like shut down a computer. My God, I still remember having to do that every single time I wanted to leave. I had to shut down my computer. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. You know, and um, now, you know, I'm like, okay, so these are nice things that I, I want to buy. But things I don't spend money on anymore. I don't spend money on gas. I don't spend money on on, on clothes, really. I mean, like clothes, you know, I'm happy just to wear shorts and a t-shirt. Um, I'm going to get a suit made when I get back to Chiang Mai just because I'm going to a wedding. But aside from that, I don't go shopping just because I'm bored on a weekend. I don't, you know, uh, 
What else did we spend money on before? That was that was just a waste. I mean, when you're going out a lot, you're always buying clothes. Um, you know, you're buying new watches. You're buying new shoes. Yeah. You're just living the life. I mean, that's the biggest fundamental difference. I think once once you join the whole lifestyle entrepreneur movement, is that you take your money and you invest it in things that make you more money. So it's like, <laughs> I know that, oh, wait, I just got this in. Yeah. I can put this money towards marketing this month. Yeah. Or I can bump up this funnel. Or I can bump up that. And, oh, my gosh, this campaign is killing it. And that's another ten grand in my bank account. Nice. Which is way cooler <laughs> than a watch or anything else. Oh, you know what? It's really funny that you mentioned that because uh, what's this sitting on my, my desk right now? <laughs> This dude has got a brand new Citizen watch on his desk. <laughs> but his, there's a story behind that. If you guys listened to episode 10 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast, it was with Anton Creeley, the, uh, the guy who taught, taught me dropshipping. And in the episode, I mentioned, he, I think he mentioned something about setting goals. And I randomly just threw out a new goal on air, live, never thought about it. And I said, I want to buy a gold watch when I become a Thai millionaire. And at the time, it was kind of just this arbitrary thing I threw out there. And I was like, I want to have $30,000 in my bank in spendable cash. And I'm going to go out and buy a gold watch. And the reason why I, had, I set that goal was growing up, I always wanted to work for a big American corporation and retire, you know, when I was 65 and have, you know, have that, that retirement kind of, you know, income. I don't even think that's really exists anymore. I mean, I, I don't think there's pensions or anything anymore, but... The symbol of it is when you retired, they would give you a gold watch. You know, thank you for your 40 years of service. You know, here's a gold watch. Yeah. So I've always wanted that. And I told myself, I said, you know what? If I can save $30,000 in, you know, in, in just in profit and just in my bank, I'll have a, a buffer, you know, which out here can last me two years. And that could last you a lot longer <laughs> if you go back to your bootstrapping. Oh God, your which bootstrapping I, yeah, ways. I'm not doing that no more. But <laughs> you know, it can last me two years, but not even that. I mean, in those two years, I can work on another business. Uh, I can invest that money, you know, into manufacturing products. Uh, I mean, there's so much I can do with that. Uh, I can even just chill out if I needed to. I could just take two years and just relax. And now, I mean, to me, it's basically like you know what. I'm retired. I'm not going to ever work for someone else again. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop working because I enjoy doing this. I really, really like waking up every day. I, get, I look forward to waking up and going to the coffee shop, seeing all of you guys and just plugging away at my businesses. And, but I wanted, I wanted to buy this watch as a kind of a token. Um, so it's funny that you, you kept mentioning that because uh, it was just yesterday. Uh, I checked my bank account. It was after the UFC fight and <laughs> I was like, Crap. early stoppage, early stoppage. Oh man! Uh, and I was like, that was. I was like, man, I, I have thirty k now. And I was like, I was like, there must be some mistake. But I had just paid off all my credit card bills. I paid off all my suppliers, and you know, I have no student loans. I have nothing, and I still had thirty k in the bank. And I was like, oh my god, I, I, I'm gonna I, buy a watch. I'm gonna go do it. Yeah. So literally on the way from the gym. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, to the gym from the UFC fight, stopped by the mall, citizen store, saw a gold watch that I had my eye on for months now. Uh, actually, I, so I wrote a post about this. If you guys want to see the watch, if you want to see the story behind it, if you go to just my blog, it's johnnyfd.com. You can probably just search for gold watch or just go to the, the show notes. I'll link to it. And it's not even that expensive. Uh, you know, I actually originally wanted a more expensive watch. I was thinking, I was like, okay, if I have 30K, I can easily spend you know, a couple thousand on it. It wouldn't be a big deal. 
But this is actually the one I wanted. I actually liked it better than the more expensive ones. And it's just a symbol anyways. Like I really do not, I can really care less. Like I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care if you have a, a bigger car than me. I don't care if you have more expensive tie, you know, at, I, at this point I've stopped caring. Yeah. Well, I, I think you really brought up two important concepts that I, that I always like to talk about. And the first one is, is setting goals and setting rewards. You know, there's absolutely no reason why when you hit that, you shouldn't reward yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's freaking awesome that you were able to attain that goal. I still have a bunch of student loan debt that I'm working to pay off now. And as soon as that's paid off, I'm going to buy myself a nice watch too. Nice, buddy. Or maybe you know next what? week. I like that. I like that. You know <laughs> but, then, but then the, the second concept that you really discuss is... Um, and this is popular with Mark Cuban. This is what Apple does, what Facebook does. They have a war chest. Yeah. So, you know, this money that you have saved away is your war chest. And whenever you're ready to go to war, it's there for you. Mm. So whether it's investing in something else, like you said, manufacturing, starting a new business, you know, whatever it might be, you have it there. It's ready to go. So many people get caught up in this um, thing where they get this money and they immediately want to spend it. Mm. Because money, money's nice. And when you don't have money, you want to spend it as soon as you get it. But by collecting a war chest and saving it, you'll be ready for that opportune moment to spend it and make more. And that's the biggest difference. And that's the switch that, that has to happen. I like it. You know, it, my new favorite sport besides UFC, watching my bank account grow. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and it's, it's ridiculous, man. I mean, I swear to God, one year ago today... I was making 600 bucks a month because I was my budget, all right? And actually, I don't even think I was making 600 bucks a month. I was, I had some savings. I had like $1,000 in my account and I was making 200 bucks a month off my book sales. And if you, if you ask me then, you know, if I, if a year from now I'd have a business that's making enough money where I can save this much, I would be like, no way. There's no possible way. Uh, even um, in, it was a couple of months ago. So episode 10 was three months ago. It was November 15th. I had less than 10 grand. I mean, I, I was actually really doing well. My business, my e-commerce business already, was already making sales since uh, July. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm doing well. I could, I could see this working. But I, I, when I threw out the number, I thought it was going to be like a one-year goal. I didn't realize that three months from now, well, from then, I was going to have 30K spendable in the bank. And I think the, re- the way I got it was a combination of scaling the business, uh, starting new e-commerce stores, kind of using the same, the same method. But most importantly is stop spending money like a madman. You know, <laughs> for a while, I mean, I, I'll admit for a few months, uh, I, you know, I went out and I started, um, you know, renting out like these penthouse <laughs> suites wherever I went. And yeah, just, it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> popping bottles, you know, doing dumb stuff, you know, and like, you know, basically live, trying to live like an NBA player. But then as soon as I, I kind of calmed down, I was like, all right, that, that's enough. I'm, I'm, you know, I had my fun. Let me just go back to having a, a studio a hotel room. Let me just go back to just, you know, I actually like eating Thai food. I like eating Vietnamese food. I don't always need to go out and have a $40 steak every night. And I don't even like to drink. So I'm going to stop spending all this money on alcohol and these stupid things I don't care about. As soon as I started just living on a normal budget and, you know, the money just started growing. I, I think something there that you're touching on is when you don't have something, you think you want it. So yeah. you didn't have the money, you thought you wanted to live this radical lifestyle, but then you start doing it and you're like, oh, this is just okay. You don't really have that fulfillment. And when we talk about business 
you know, you're looking for something that, that makes you feel good that you're doing something. And this is something we talked about earlier. You said, you know, I like to wake up, go to the coffee shop, see everyone, talk. And once you can find that, and the network is good enough here in Saigon to find it pretty quickly, then you know you're really onto something. You're building something that matters to you, to the world, and you're progressing forward um, instead of just getting caught up in, like you said, things that just don't really matter. I think the reason why NBA players continue to get caught up is because everyone around them is doing the same thing, and they all have the, kind of the same mindset. You know, none of them are probably that good at counting. <laughs> uh, but out here, it, I really don't think anyone actually really cares if you like nobody. You know, like nobody's gonna notice that I have a new gold watch. Nobody's gonna notice if I buy a new. You know, a I'm new telling new everyone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, back home, that's kind of like your source of happiness. You, you know, when someone compliments you, like, oh, is that a new shirt? You're like, yeah, you know, I just bought this. You know, they're like, oh, is that a new car? Yeah. But here, nobody cares. I mean, half the people I hang out with, so I'll say 50% of the people I hang out with on a day-to-day basis are, you know, starting out or scaling their business. And the other 50% are a lot richer than me. Like, they make a lot more money than I do. And But everybody is humble and everybody, you know, kind of does the same thing. Everyone eats in the same place. Everyone, kind of, you know, kind of lives a similar life, which is nice. And it's, um, it's probably the exact opposite of, of what you'll find in the bigger startup communities, especially in the United States, which makes it, you know, again, very attractive if you're trying to build a business, you're trying to scale your business, or you're just trying to figure it out. You know, if you're the type of guy out there listening to this and guy or girl, excuse me, and you're working this corporate job, you hate your life, you've been reading all these different things online, just get out here. Just quit. You'll have plenty of time to learn. And if you're focused and you really want it, you know, you'll make it happen. And I know this probably sounds insane to most of you, but um, those are the things you have to do. You have to take these kinds of risks, especially in business, if you want to be successful. You know, I want to give a shout out to Tong Tran. He's a local Vietnamese kid uh, that lives out here. I, and but I, by kid, I mean, I mean kid. He just turned twenty, and he looks like he's fourteen. <laughs> and he's the uh, he's the owner of CloudLiving.com, and his story is incredible. He so first, you know, he's he's pretty shy. You know, he's a young kid. Uh, he grew up in Vietnam, up in Hanoi, which is in the north, and you know, doesn't really speak that much English. As as in, he's not super fluent, and he's bit shy. I think he probably speaks better than, than he, you know, in reality, just that he never speaks it because everyone he knows is Vietnamese. And this is really his first time hanging out with Native American speakers or Native English speakers. Um, so he's a bit shy about it. But he has a better website than me. <laughs> he has a new membership form that is sold out. You can't even join it anymore because it's maxed he, out. He did $7,000 in sales in three days. It's, it's insane. Uh, and... He's basically what he does is he has a Amazon affiliate site where he makes um, these websites that write reviews about you know different products, and he was live blogging about about creating one of the sites. I think it was I don't remember what it was about. Oh, it was about um, adjustable dumbbells, and he sold. So first off, he was making six hundred dollars a month in profit from that site, and he showed how he you know basically just threw up these reviews and you know, how to, these comparisons on how to pick the best adjustable dumbbells. And then it says, if you want to buy it, you know, click here, buy it from Amazon. And the way that Amazon affiliates work is you get about between 5 and 10% of the sale, uh, which isn't very good margins. Uh, in drop shipping, you normally get about 25 to 35%. And if you manufacture or import, you know, you can get 50 to 200% margin. So 
it may sound like it's not you know the best deal for you, but it doesn't cost you anything to start an Amazon affiliate site. It's just you basically just do up a blog or something. Um, drop shipping is kind of in the middle, which I like because you you still don't need to spend any money up front, but you do have to get approved by suppliers and. Uh, it's a lot more, you know, you have to set up your shopping cart, so it's, it's more work. Um, and then manufacturing or importing, that's when you get the best margins, but you have a huge risk because you have to, you know, put 10 or 20 grand up front to buy the product and you have to fulfill it yourself, ship it out. Um, so he started with the Amazon affiliates, which is the easiest way. And he was making 600 bucks a month, which is great. And then he sold the site for 10K. Yeah, and that is an exuberant amount of money here in Vietnam, especially to be making that at such a young age. Yeah, I mean, the people his age are making $150 a month, U.S., and he's making $10,000 flipping one, one of these sites. It just shows you that, you know, you have to hustle, and Tung was, stayed in my night, the, or stayed in uh, our hotel room the other night. He is, um, you know, here by himself, meeting up with the community, and when we talk about just taking that jump and taking that risk and coming and doing things, you know, he, he's the perfect example. Um, and then to get back a little bit, uh, Johnny touched on making the Amazon sites. I've done that in the past. Uh, I've done a bunch of niche sites, which varying degrees of success. I think it's the perfect entry point for someone trying to learn internet marketing. Uh, there are a ton of really great guides out there. Pat Flynn has one. The guys at Empire Flippers have one. And I literally followed one of them uh, step by step. And I sold a site earlier this year for about $6,000 oh, nice. that I was just holding on to. It, <laughs> it was cool making money, but um, I couldn't really use the capital to put into other projects. So it was as easy as listing it and it was sold in like two months. Perfect. Well, that's what I really like about these businesses, these niche site businesses, is what it does is it funds bigger projects that you want to do. So right now I have a couple e-commerce stores that all do the dropshipping model. And what it does, it does two things. First, it teaches me e-commerce. And second, it shows me what products sell, why they sell. You know, I got to deal with a little bit of the customer service behind it uh, while not really taking any real risk because I'm not holding the inventory. I'm not buying, you know, I'm not buying anything up front. And but it's giving me enough capital and enough runway where I, when I decide to start manufacturing my own products or importing my own products because I want to build a brand and I want to have higher margins, it allows me to do that. And you know, if I want to sell my store, I will get about 18 times monthly profit. So, monthly revenue. Well, monthly revenue. You're going to get 18x. Uh, I mean, depending on the business, uh, depending on you know what your growth trajectory looks like, you're going to mm -hmm. get anywhere from 10 to 20x. Especially if you're in a, a popular niche that, you know, is expected to continue to grow. Yeah. So, you know, there you have it. Great way to get started. Um, if you guys want any of these resources, uh, it'll all be on my blog. Um, the ones that Ben recommended. I used uh, a resource called Anton Method. Uh, it's AntonMethod.com. And there's Amazon affiliate ones as well that you can, you can get into. I mean, the easiest way to get started is literally sign up for an Amazon affiliate account and make a list of books that you recommend. So for me, it'd be like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, Four Hour Work Week, obviously 12 Weeks in Thailand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> plug, plug, yeah. uh, naturalstacks.com, buy <laughs> everything go. there. And, you know, but seriously, these are books that I, you know, like Hunger Games, I, I really like that book. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, it's a good book. Big and fan of Katniss Everdeen. Oh yeah. And all you do is you basically, you know, have a, on your blog, on your website, say these are the books that I really enjoyed reading that I think you enjoy as well. 
you you know how that you know write some reviews of those books you know and if someone buys it through Amazon you get credit for it you know you only get five or ten percent uh, but you don't you don't you don't have to ship it you don't have to deal with any of it and it's not like the other person has to pay more because they're going through your link they pay the same amount uh, so they would pay whatever you know whatever price Amazon has set at anyways so it's really win win. And the reason why Amazon has that is they want to encourage people to spread the word, to write reviews, you know, to to do these things. So you know, more more people have informed decisions when they, when they want to buy a product. Uh, so I absolutely think it's a great way to get started. It is a good way to get started. My ultimate recommendation would be um, I like to talk about something called undying loyalty. So I think that everyone should start out as an intern or something similar and work your way up. So when you see a location independent job come out, whether it's Johnny posting it on his uh, Facebook or something like that, apply. Get in the position where you're with a mentor expert who can show you the route because while Johnny has been successful doing the drop shipping, most of you guys who try it probably won't be. It is not... we. A lot of people like to preach that, that it's easy, and I think you know once you learn, you can, you can figure out your way around it, but it takes an incredible amount of hard work. You have to be stubborn as hell and you know almost relentless. And if you're in the position where you can take an internship and learn from someone uh, who already has you know six sites and is working on building their seventh and needs help, you will get much further and much less time and less headache than uh, trying on your own. I think there's a couple of different paths to it. Um, I think either way, the, the way that it works is free up your life from responsibility. If you have to worry about bills, you have to worry about cleaning your room, you have to worry about you know getting gas or fixing your car all the time, you're not gonna have the energy to, to focus. So if you live in a place like Thailand or like Saigon where everything's taken care of for you, I mean, literally on my bed, there's a stack of clothes that's been folded and washed every single day like i come in my room's clean all my laundry laundry's done every day uh and i have no worries i eat out every single meal uh i i don't do anything <laughs> and it gives me all the time in the world to focus on building the business to learn it to do it um this tongue you know tongue he he learned it on his own uh you know he basically just you know Googled stuff and he, you know, and, but the thing is, you're right. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody can follow a course and, you know, be motivated to do it. So a great alternative is, yeah, do these internships. I mean, especially a lot of these are paid internships. You know, these are jobs that it doesn't matter. Don't ask how much they're paying you. Just ask, you know, Hey, is it enough for me to live, you know, pay for my rent and food and what you're going to learn and what you're going to learn. Right. And you will learn. It's like, I mean, it's seriously like getting paid to do an MBA. You know, to take a college, you know, to talk, take a college course, and I guarantee that if you do a six-month apprenticeship, you know, with you know people who can afford to pay you, <laughs> you know, obviously they're doing well, they can afford to pay you. You will learn enough where you can start your own business. Yeah, if this is the route that you want to go down, and you decide, hey, I want to travel like a boss, be a location independent entrepreneur. If you want to move the trajectory forward and move up the timetable. Definitely apply to these internships. Find someone who can mentor you. You know, maybe Johnny will be hiring someone here in a couple of months if he keeps crushing it like he is. <laughs> nice. And and yeah, and and that will help you more than anything. And I think that a lot of times people are in this kind of idea where, oh, I went to college, I already know everything. Nope. <laughs> but but this comes back to 
uh, I'm, I'm interviewing people all the time and they say, you know, I'm, I'm good at marketing. So I say, why are you good at marketing? Mm-hmm. What can you do? Yep. What does a funnel look like to you? <laughs> you know, so stop, ha- ha- stop listing skills you have and show us how, you know, show us it in action, right? Like what are some ideal apprentice or intern candidate, what can they show you? I think what the ideal intern would have is they're trying to do something on their own already. Nice. So whether it's a blog, whether they're trying to build something up, maybe they had a startup that they failed on before, but something that shows me that you're engaged with the world that that you and I and everyone else here lives in, that you want to be part of it. Uh, One of my favorite questions to ask, and I ask this first, what are the last three books you read? Okay. And if they're, they're just like stumbling, 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 well, I know that they're done learning or they think they're done learning and they're not ready to kind of make this kind of jump. You know, that's crazy that you actually said that you want someone who's failed a startup or is, you know, is building something on the side. A lot of people would be afraid to say that. Well, we would only want to hire someone, you know, if we can get their full attention mm-hmm. um, and their full dedication. But I think a past track record of, of trying things of thinking outside the box and, and showing that they don't want this uh, regular corporate career is an extremely powerful argument. Whereas there are a lot of people out there who are you know listening to these things, listening to podcasts like yours, and they just haven't taken any type of action at all. They kind of want their hand held. Well, we don't want to hold your hand. We want you know the rock stars who are ready to do the work but then acknowledge that, hey, if I can help these guys, you know, we'll all help each other and we'll all make tons of money. I like it. So this is to making a ton of money, 2014. I want everybody to sign up for the Gold Watch Challenge by leaving a comment <laughs> somewhere just saying you're in. Uh, 30K spendable cash in the bank. You can check us out, Travel Like a Boss podcast, episode 24 in the show notes. If they want to get in touch with you, Buy some natural stacks. It's naturalstacks.com. Yeah, naturalstacks.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben underscore Hebert. And then uh, I I sometimes blog. I'm actually going to try and blog more uh, starting tomorrow at benhebert.com. Nice. I just got on Twitter, actually. Uh, Literally, I just got on three days ago. Uh, I've actually had a site, I mean, a Twitter account that was up and running and it it would like automatically, you know, post my Facebook yeah, messages. Yeah. But I had no idea that you can click at and see that people were talking to you. So now this I, guy's been so busy, he had a Twitter and didn't even know he had a Twitter. You know, no, I'm just, I just suck at the internet. I mean, <laughs> this, this proves you can have a successful online business and not even know how to use Twitter. It, it was confusing, man. I'm, I'm serious. Like it's, you, you know, got it now though. Yeah, I'm using it now. I love it. So if you want to tweet me, it's uh, Johnny FDK. And I will, I'm on that all day now because I love it. I'm exploring the crap out of it. I'm, I'm responding to messages I got from like six months ago. So taking a while to do that. Well, at least you're responding now. Yeah. So I'm going to respond to anyone's messages on that. Uh, if you want to check my blog, it's johnnyfd.com. Pictures of the gold watch. Pictures of uh, my apartment. Uh, but just, ch- just check out the podcast. I mean, I, I'm going to link to everything. I'm going to link to Cloud Living. I'm going to link to the coupon code. What's it going to be? Travel like a boss? Travel like a boss. Save 15%. Nice, buddy. All right. Thanks so much for, for being on. Thank you for having me here. We got to get ready for dodgeball. I'm going to destroy. Yeah, And you know what? This is a real thing. Every Monday and Wednesday in Saigon, dodgeball.
<laughs> Monday, Wednesday, we play dodgeball. Playing dodgeball with a bunch of Asians is more <laughs> intense than your high school gym class. I know. So we're going to crush this. Peace out, guys. Thanks for all the reviews on iTunes, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.